everybody, and welcome in on this snowy Wednesday morning here on the Mary Griffith Show at 919. Scott Hardy in for Mary for all of this week. And uh, uh, coming up a little bit later on in the program, we will hear a best of segment about a program that is going on at Transitions. But right now, let's talk it over with Jenna Seahorn with Arts Quincy. Good morning. Good morning. So glad that you are here. Thanks for having me. You didn't have to trudge in too much and slide around and all that. No, no, just take it slow today. If you're getting out, just go slow. <laughs> that's very, that's very good advice. Very good advice. There, it is late January and you think, oh, it's cold and nobody wants to get out and do anything. But I tell you what, this weekend... There's a lot of things oh, going yeah. on. There's always things happening in the arts. So whether it's a rehearsal or auditions or, or whatever. So um, actually tonight there's an art show reception at John Wood Community College for a new art show going on there with Nevin McNally. So that's happening tonight from 5 to 7. But, you know, with something like that, if they end up canceling school later or something, that would be canceled. But uh, it's just opening, so you'd be able to see it from now until the end of February. But I did just hear you talking about the Great River Watercolor Society. They have a reception this Friday for a new new show. And then uh, the Art Center has one this weekend. It's called the Teen Takeover, and they'll, they'll uh, open up the high school exhibition this weekend. So lots of fun things to do there. But today on Arts Beat, I have the Great River Eagle Days. That'll start this weekend yes. at the Oakley Lindsay Center. So that's always a really fun event. And uh, the the Eagles are always at the river this time of year. So it's a good time to, to take a look at them, but also come to the Oakley Lindsay Center where uh, the Native Americans come out and show their traditions with dances, their authentic dress food and um, there'll be wildlife center raptors that people can view and um, so that's happening this saturday the 28th from 10 to 7 and then also sunday from 10 to 4 admission is five dollars for adults three dollars for kids 10 and under and then um you know when when you're out this far close to the river you might as well head to the lock and dam or the villa catherine even the log cabin village and you can uh, see see the eagles up close at the riverfront so it's really fun fun activity for everyone so yeah exactly there will be uh i believe there will be folks there at uh lock and dam 21 to kind of help you uh observe them as yeah well. the the core of engineers like they'll they'll help you uh like give you some tips on what to look for and things that you're seeing and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah like, like, look there. There's one. <laughs> There's one. What do you mean you can't yeah, see it? Yeah, but you might learn a little more about the eagles. So. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's it's really majestic if you've never gotten to see them before because it's not, you won't see just one. It's mm -hmm. not like you're going to see a stray one fly by, especially mm -hmm. by... Uh, by the lock and dam there it's a feeding place for them oh yeah yeah and with the water churning i'm sure that they they get a lot of activity there yeah so. so you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of them and it's pretty amazing to see if you've never really seen them before i do miss the pier restaurant not being open oh, because yeah. on this time of year if you were to go like uh, like for their buffet or something when they used to serve that you could just have your buffet and then go over to the window <laughs> And right here by uh, by Quincy Island, and they would be f they would be flying around there too. Oh so yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. Now for the um, in indoor festivities, the activities at the Oakley Lindsay Center, 
that's a good way for people to learn a little bit more about uh, the indigenous people's connections to the bald eagle, isn't it? Yes, yes. And uh, you'll you'll learn about um, some of their traditions and, um, you know, that that connection, like you said. So, Yeah, so uh, that's going on, as you mentioned, admission to the OLC, $5 for adults, $3 for kids 10 and under. And uh, that is going on Saturday, 10 to 7, Sunday, 10 to 4 at mm-hmm. the OLC. And it's another edition this Sunday of the Sunday Music Series that's coming up. Yeah, so this one, this one's going to be a really special performance. So this one will kick off the the new year, and it'll pay tribute to Dr. Carol Matheson, who was very special to to a lot of people and to uh, me and us here at uh, Arts Quincy and you guys here at Star Radio, because she she'd come in and talk about you know uh, Quincy Civic Music or Culver Stockton uh, Sunday Music Series, um, Muddy River Opera. She was involved in all of these these great groups and um she she passed away last year and this is uh the annual concert that she had organized originally of over 40 years ago so in in her honor this year Culver Stockton faculty music faculty will be doing the concert this year and it'll happen this Sunday at four o'clock and it'll be at the usual place the Unitarian Church there at um, I think it's 16th in Hampshire so near near there on Hampshire so um, but yeah this will be the the first one for the new year and you can expect them on the fourth Sunday of the month of February March April and May so admission is free and and, you know, it's fun for the whole family. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into a little bit more about uh, the uh, Art Center coming up Saturday afternoon and what they're doing. It's uh, uh, Is it the high school art competition or is that what you call it the teen takeover? Yeah, yeah. So the teen take takeover is just a fun fun name for the art reception and awards ceremony. But the overall exhibition is for the the high school art competition and exhibition. So students in grades 9 through 12 from schools in a 50-mile radius of Quincy have submitted work, they've been selected, and they'll be showing. So in addition to the students, um, their art teachers are also welcome to submit artwork and participate in a show. So in in the main gallery, the the high school students will have artwork, and then in one of the the other smaller galleries will we'll have the teachers work. So uh, that'll be on view um, at least through February, but the the reception is and award ceremony is this Saturday from 1 to 3, and that's open to the public. Uh, so if you're able to come out, that would be great. So you can learn more about that at quincyartcenter.org or call 223-5900. Very nice. And what a great way to get students involved. And uh, Because I know we've talked about it before, but it's, it's never – it's always good to repeat it, the fact that um, – Part of a child's education, it expands with art training, with some sort of uh, fine arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just opens up different 
literally different parts of the brain yeah. to open them up, and who knows where they can go from there. Yeah, yeah. with music, with art, it just puts on that, that other side of the brain, and you know things click like with math and uh, reading music, different things. So Yeah, very, very good. And as always, if you want to find out about anything that we have talked about and you're not quite sure you didn't get full details, where can folks go online to see all of this? Oh, yeah, they can visit our website. It's artsquincy.org, and we have a full calendar of events you can check out. But then we also have a digital version of our magazine. So if you'd like to get a little more in-depth about about some of these uh, topics, you can check that out. So the magazine's free, and we do send it to people in Quincy at no charge. But, you know, if you're out of the area or... Uh, you know, you just want to support us, you can visit us online at artsquincy.org. Very good. That's artsquincy.org. And the magazine is not just all about Laura Sievert's busy social life. It's about <laughs> a lot of different things. So, <laughs> Yeah, she she has a great director's letter every time, so I always look forward to seeing that. But we have different sections on theater, music, uh, visual arts. So there's there's a lot there to look at. Very good. Jenna Seahorn with Arts Quincy. Thank you so much for being in. Appreciate it so much. We're coming up on uh, 928. We're going to take a break and we're going to get the uh, latest commodity prices for you from around the Midwest with uh, the folks at the Ursa Farmers Co-op. That's on the way here on WTAD. Good Samaritan Home currently has openings. Thank you so much, Scott, for that update. We'll get another update coming up for you in an hour from the folks at the Ursa Farmers Co-op. 9.32 now, 28 in front of the hour. I'm Scott Hardy in for Mary Griffith on this Wednesday edition of the Mary Griffith Show. The snow is expected to end in the next couple of hours with a high of about 35. We'll maybe get another inch of accumulation possible. We've had about two inches so far. Uh, Hannibal nearly three inches also uh uh, out in Lorraine, they've also reported three inches as well. South of St. Louis, in parts of like uh, Farmington, Iron County, they've been getting six and seven inches of snow. Let it stay down there to the south as well. So, uh, yeah, that's our forecast for you. Uh, Thursday, though, cloudy, not as warm, with a high in the mid-20s. Time now for a uh, Best of the Mary Griffith Show segment, which previously aired back in September and every parent knows that your baby doesn't come with an instruction book. So how do you become a better parent? Well, there's an absolutely free program called Parents as Teachers, which helps parents help their children with speech and language development, motor skill development, and social skills. And now we join that the conversation here on the Mary Griffith Show on WTAD. We get to go to the Transitions Parents as Teachers program, and it's expanding and thanks to grants from the state government, they're going to be able to serve children ages 3 to 5 in addition to those age birth to 3. So let's meet our cast of characters today. Carol Harlow <laughs> joins us. She's the program supervisor. Carol, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Transitions. Um, hello, everybody. I am Carol Harlow. I am, like Mary said, the supervisor of the Parents as Teachers program. Um, so I get to oversee about seven staff mm-hmm. um, who visit families in Adams County, zero to three, prenatal even as well. Um, but now with our expansion, we are serving up to the age of five. Okay. I'm one of those people you have to keep in line. 
line is Rose Bovar, a childhood <laughs> friend of mine. You're a parent educator, Rose. Besides yes. growing up in the best yeah. Melody Meadows neighborhood in Quincy, <laughs> Illinois, what else do we need to know about you? Oh, my goodness. So I have a background in early childhood education. So I've got lots of experience in the field when it comes to working with children. I've I taught for several years. Um, I... Um, I started out at Transitions, actually, when it was birth to three, so I feel like I'm coming full circle. You know, I moved back to Quincy in um, 08 and um, taught for a little bit, and then God just opened a door for me, and here I am. Here you are. <laughs> and now with this expansion, it's not only prenatal up to ages three, but all the way up to age five. So let's talk about uh, parents as teachers. We all recognize, I think, in our hearts that parents are the first and in many ways the best teachers of all children, uh, no matter what age they are. But kids don't come with a manual. And sometimes parents, it, they might be a, a very young teen mother, mm-hmm. or they may be somebody in their 30s that's got their kid mm-hmm. for the first time. They forgot what it's like to be a kid themselves. You know, they're like, why aren't you speaking French yet? Uh, you know, you're six <laughs> months old. <laughs> I did, I'm sure. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, the programs you offer and who benefits the most from these programs. And we'll just start with you, Carol Harlow. Okay. Um, so our mission of the program is to empower parents to be the child's first teacher. And as you say, like, the kids are not coming out ready to and know everything so it's up to the parents to have those tools um, and those skills to provide developmental activities in the home and to look at everyday interactions and see how beneficial that can be to to a child's development Um, so we want to empower the parents so kind of what that looks like is making sure that we're pulling out their strengths a lot of these parents that we're working with Um, they don't see that what they're doing is really valuable to their child's development. Um, And a lot of people, they don't feel comfortable having their strengths talked about, and so that kind of makes them feel uncomfortable up front. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really empowering them to hear what they are doing right, and we we meet them where they're at. So what that looks like is whatever they want to know for their family or whatever they're struggling with in their family, we can help them with that, but we first want to know where they came from. How did, how were they raised? Because that is so much going to impact how they're raising their, their children. And we see that um, a lot of these parents, they don't know what to do. They didn't have the role models that some of us have had in our lives. Um, and so that's where we can come in and, and be that empowerment for them, mm-hmm. lift them up as parents, help them learn parenting skills that they may not have, but also make sure that they understand what a growing child is supposed to be doing, you know, uh, two-year-olds not throwing a tantrum to make them mad on purpose. There could be some behavior issues um, or some developmental concerns behind that. So we really want to, we're there to not only empower the parents, but also to make sure that the child's on track developmentally. Um, when we engage in services early on, they have lasting effects. Um, but what we were finding was our program previously, we had to stop at the age of three. And we were finding that not everybody got to go to preschool at three for whatever reason, whether the child didn't turn three at the right time, um, maybe they weren't qualified for three-year-old preschool. And there was just not enough services in our area that could enroll a child after the age of three and keep them open. So uh, we were finding that when we had to exit, when the child graduated the program at three, sometimes they went an entire year without services. 
And so what we were finding was here we've been working this whole time, getting this, these children on track with the development, um, giving the skills to the parents, and then everything was kind of falling off for that year. So, you know, we're hopeful that we can empower parents with the tools and the information that once they've gotten engaged, they can continue that, you know, once the child does go to school. Because knowing those milestones, not everybody knows or understands when should they be potty trained. Well, that's there's right. no month there. That's, that's a very individual <laughs> call. When should they be saying words? How many words should they be saying? What should they be doing? So from prenatal all the way up to five now, Transitions will have Parents as Teachers program. One of the things that I really like in hearing and learning about your program is that you are uh, – reinforcing their strengths, you're not there to criticize, you're not there to condemn, and you're certainly not there to report them. This is an important relationship because these young parents, whether it's their first child, their second child, or their 15th child, they need to know that you're on their side. Rose, you're shaking your head. I know. You're serious. Yes, yes. Because it is important. (laughs) You're not going to be welcomed into their home And you say, oh, you're doing this great, you're doing this great, you're doing this great. How about adding this? You're always trying to reinforce what they're doing right because Mm -hmm. naturally as parents we do kind of understand how to do things right. But we need a little bit of education. Add this piece in. Add this piece in. You're not there to condemn. That's right. You hit hit the nail on the head, Mary. And just, you know, piggybacking off of a little bit what Carol just said, you know, it's very important. The relationship is like key. Like, that's the first thing we work on. Like, from the time Carol hands us the referral to make that first phone call, Carol makes the first phone call. And then she she does a great job of, you know, matching up the parent educator who's going to be a good fit for that family. And then we make that second phone call initially to set up what we call a meet-and-greet visit. And it starts from the very beginning, working on building that relationship with that family, getting to know them, not hitting them with all this paperwork, you know. You know that at the beginning. Yeah, so. because people will hear a negative, and remember a negative. Even if you give them t- ten praises, they'll remember the one negative. And mm-hmm. of course, they're reaching out to you because they they are interested in being better parents. Mm-hmm. So often we just don't understand. For example, simple things like it's so important for children to hear the spoken word. They cannot learn to talk if they don't hear the word. So you can set them down in front of a video screen where there's no sound which is nice because they're not annoying you and the little mario is jumping over things and they may understand that and learn that but they're not talking so let's talk about some of the things that you advise people to do the the parents need probably the top three things that parents just don't understand how important it is uh carol harlow for them to do for their kids um, I think the biggest one is communication, and, and you're right. We we often see a lot of these younger children sitting down in front of screens, and they lose that interaction. And and such the biggest part of our home visits is that parent-child interaction. Um, and parents as teachers, really, they thrive in the program that we deliver is we want to empower parents to understand what inside their home that they can use to teach their children and to have meaningful interactions. So most of the time, the activities that we are building and creating are from the supplies in the in the family's home, um, because we have found that families, when we are taking toys in and 
and or if they feel like they have to have a specific thing, they say and feel, well, we can't teach our children because we don't have X, Y, and Z materials. We don't have a fancy tablet or I don't have a, a fancy phone. So therefore, because they're not doing those things that they can't learn. So we're here to say, A, your interaction and communication are the two biggest things because that's where every that's the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. If you have great interaction with your children and you're communicating and you are you know, you're reading and you're talking and even if they do in those moments watch T V for a little bit or the the tablet, empowering parents to find ways to bring out that information that they just saw or they just did and bring it out to the real world. Because what we're finding is we lose a lot of that throughout without the interaction and, and the communication we're losing on attachment and which then is impacting every other aspect of a child's development and we see a lot more behavior issues because children mm-hmm. are lacking in communication and they're lacking in that social emotional development they're I mean, crying desperately yes. for attention desperately trying for attention and mom and dad sometimes are too much focused on their own screens right. but mm-hmm. kids can be do anything so what did you learn what did you do I have to laugh. Rose and I, the way we were raised, we were, especially in the summer, your mom turned you loose, and you kind of knew you yeah. had to stay between 36 and 30th Street. Yep. You couldn't go past maybe Lindell Avenue. That's exactly right. You down the right. creek if you were careful. I mean, we grew up together in a very, every, every, the whole universe raised our childhoods. We all were mm-hmm. in and out of each other's homes. And that's not that way so much anymore today. Kids are much more isolated in their own homes. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you speak to them, talk to them, communicate with them, because they're not going to get that, you know, I remember, well, like Rose tag along, a little obnoxious, (laughs) but like the older kids would play, the younger kids were always there because we were supposed to watch them. So they watched us, they learned from us. So we have to replicate some of these things in our own families. My guests today are Rose Bovar, parent educator, and Carol Harlow, program supervisor for Transitions Parents as Teachers. Their program has expanded now. They not only serve neonatal to age three, but they go three to five now. So all the way up to age five, you can be involved in Parents as Teachers, and all you have to do is ask to be part of that program. We're back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. In the few moments remaining, we want to make very sure that everyone out there listening understands that this Transitions Parents and Teachers program is absolutely free of charge. You don't have to worry about these these people coming into your home to criticize or to report you. They are there at your request to help you raise your children. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting they don't come with a manual, and sometimes uh, you just don't know quite how to move forward. And you have one kid, and you think, well, I got it down now, and here comes the second one. Totally different personality, totally different behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. I mean, darnation, you just figure it out, and they change the rule book on you. It happens all the time. <laughs> so, Kara Harlow, tell us how we can get involved and who should become involved in Parents as Teachers. Um, anybody can be involved in parents as teachers because parenting is hard for everybody, regardless of the background of a family. You know, our purpose is really to help the highest risk families in Adams County. Um, but we, that doesn't limit to everybody because again, everybody struggles with parenting. Cause as you say, like we have it down for one child and then another child comes along and we're like, oh my gosh, we have all these behavior problems. 
I wasn't equipped for this. Like this didn't happen with my first child. And so a lot of our conversations are informing the parents that child development is very different from brother to sister or sister to sister, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I really strongly encourage anybody that is struggling with parenting that has questions, um, Maybe they have some concerns with speech or behavior mm-hmm. concerns. We've seen those two things really come out of the pandemic when everybody was a little bit more isolated. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wearing a mask. How can you learn to talk exactly. when you can't see people's faces? Mm-hmm. So Rose Bovard, you've <laughs> got a whole lifetime of experience yes. with this. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, it, it's not just a low income. It's not just low income yeah. people because uh, you could have a child that's autistic or you could have a child that has a speech mm-hmm. delay. I mean, that has nothing to do with your class, your race, your gender. Your socioeconomic right. status. Children come with all kinds of assets and deficits, yeah. and it's up to parents to make sure those deficits are as eliminated as much as possible. Right, so right. What kind of you're in the home all the time without giving away a you know a secret. What are kind of some of the things you see that you really help parents? work with because you know I'm not a speech therapist if my kids got a lisp I don't know how to do I'll, that. I'll tell you what Mary the number one thing as parent educators that we we can do to help our families is is, is read is is we and that's something that we do we're able through you know through monies through our programs we can supply them with you know one or two books a month to help you know build their child's library um, I personally have connected families to the, to the library, which is which is a wonderful wonderful resource. They have wonderful enrichment programs, um, and, and that's into it, the Arctic right it, now. Exactly. It's really cool. They get to pack their sled, right? Their little stuffed huskies and go off yes. on a northern adventure. Yes. And along with you know not just providing those home you know visits, but we all there's a lot of things we do. You know we we connect families to resources in the community that they might need. You know, whatever that might be. Like the diaper bank. Yeah, or diaper bank, bank. You know, if it's a new, you know, WIC. You know, there's all kinds of resources out there that that are that they could have access to, and we can help in that process. We really care because there's there's three components to a home visit. You know, there's the parent-child interaction, the development piece, and then the family well-being, which we care about the family as a whole unit, and that encompasses a lot of things. And the main thing with, within that is like mental health and wellness, is which is a hot, you know, very 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 important. So really nice that within our agency, there's so many wonderful supports just within our agency and that I've utilized myself and have referred, you know, families to, you know, starting individual counseling. They might need some community support. They're trying to get back into the, you know, the workforce. So we have individual placement, you know, all these wonderful services to their, you know, right there. Yeah, that emotional, the physical and mental well-being, people are getting more into that mental component. Now, it's very common for a woman after giving birth to have a little postpartum Mm -hmm, depression. This mm -hmm. is so common. But, heaven forbid you would mention to somebody, I don't know if I even like this kid. I'm really suffering from depression. I just Mm -hmm. want to go to bed and sleep. I don't know if I want to take care of the kid. Well, there are, there's help available, and this is not an uncommon problem, but it is a problem that must be dealt with and overcome. And you do, you can get very overwhelmed. Parents can get very overwhelmed, and so you're helping the whole family. Yeah, maybe a, a pre-birth, you know, a, a pregnancy to age five program for children, but it's really a family support program, and you Absolutely. see that, don't you, Carol? Yep, we do. And actually, um, you know, it's postpartum depression was something that was kind of like on the low, and not a lot of people wanted to talk about it. And it's it's starting to, to come to the surface a little bit more. Um, and one really great thing, well, a couple great things that we do for the family as a whole is we offer adult screenings. So we're screening for depression, and especially that postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And it's not to not to diagnose that someone says, you know, oh, you have depression. It's 
these are the feelings that we're feeling, you know, and talk to them, have that conversation. How do you feel about talking to someone? Because obviously we're not the experts. We're just kind of that next stepping stone to mm-hmm. get them to the support that they need. Um, but so many people are ashamed to admit you know, these, these feelings that they have towards their children, but they don't understand that sometimes that's normal and they just are needing that help themselves. And the same way with a lot that can do, be done to prevent child abuse. Sometimes when mm-hmm. mom or dad is just overwhelmed and they're to the end of their rope, that's the time for them to become centered and say, okay, I'm not fully capable right now. I'm handing off the kid, whether I call the next door neighbor for 10 minutes whether I get my husband involved for 10 minutes, I call my mother, whatever. Uh, the other day, something happened at our house. I was so mad. And my husband was like, how can I help? I said, shut up and leave me alone. And I went and I just threw clothes into the washing machine. Just, I'm just throwing these clothes just with as much violence as force as I can in the washing machine. Boy, I felt so much better after mm-hmm. I got that load in there and pushed wash. And I was like, okay, I'm a human being again. Yes, you may help me clean up this mess I made. (laughs) So we all need help. You know, it's nothing. And parents especially. uh, It's not not all June Cleaver. You know, everything is not always perfect. And if you've got financial struggles, if you've got other struggles, these are things that can exacerbate already existing products, problems in the home. And I always laugh because we always say, I'll never raise my kids the way my parents raised me. I'm going to be perfect. And as my brother and I always say to each other, mirror, mirror on the wall, you are your mother after all. So we do want to break some bad habits, but we have to have something to replace it with. Yep, that's right. And part of that family well-being is, you know, that whatever is going on that's impacting the whole family, if a, if a mom is struggling to get diapers or they're struggling to get food on the table, that's where their concern is. That's where their energy goes. And so then it's less focused on supporting that child and building, you know, that relationship with the child, which is what the child needs. So if we can help connect them to the resources that are going to kind of eliminate some of those stressors or at least decrease some of those stressors, then there's more energy spent on the child. Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing. They will help the whole situation. They're there for a a very uh, holistic approach. Parents as teachers, from pregnancy all the way up to age five, your child can be cradled in the comfort that you'll have someone to go to and someone to ask. It's free of charge. It is available at Transitions. Just give them a call and they have achieved blue ribbon status so they know what they're doing. Thank you, Rose Bovar. Thank you, Carol Harlow. And thank you, Transitions, for providing this great program for all of us. Thank you. Thank you.